Something really big happened with the Kids Online Safety Act this week, something exciting for the safety of our children. So I got on the line with Laura Marquez-Garrett of the Social Media Victims Law Center to get an update and clear up what is actually going on with COSA. So let's get into it. I appreciate you doing this because I think a lot of people are confused. There's lots of different information going around about COSA. I'm really interested in making this accessible to parents. Like, what is this going to mean for our kids and not just like some bill that won't affect us? If we could start with you explaining like, what is COSA? (laughs) Maybe just start there. Sure. So the Kids Online Safety Act, it is a piece of of draft federal legislation. I I believe it came out in 2022. Importantly, I want to insert here in in mid-2023, after a lot of concerns came out of the LGBTQ community about, hey, is COSA something that, you know, an attorney general could use Mm -hmm. um, to censor, to cause harm in that regard, um, a bunch of changes were made. So you have the original Kids Online Safety Act, you have the changes that were made in um, mid-2023. Yep specifically to address those types of concerns. And then just the other day now, um, this week, a new set of sort of changes, much more limited changes, I think, Mm -hmm. came out along with the announcement that there's 62 sponsors in the Senate. So hopefully, I mean, COSA will be moving through the Senate. Now, it will be the first piece of federal legislation that is meant to help protect children. Mm -hmm. Now, under COSA, uh, minors are under 17. Right. So it's not under 18, which we typically think of as minors. It's under 17. So kids 16 and younger. Why is that? I don't know. You, 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 <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've seen a lot of draft legislation that defines minors as under 17. Um, mm. I don't know the exact reason. Look, overall, I think it's fair to say that, that someday we need to start valuing our children's lives more than big tech's money. Yeah. It's taken forever to get here. Right. And, and kids are dying and, and being harmed every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and every month, every year that that we push back some kind of, of regulatory, some kind of laws, some kind of protection for children, these companies make billions of dollars. So I can't speak to the specific why, why it's covering kids under 17. OK, it's it's a good start, though. Yeah, I would say. So I know there's a lot in the bill, but what are the main things that will protect our kids the most? Sure. And, and I, you know, with all these edits now, I'm sitting here with the, with the mid 2023 version, with the new version, with something that's trying to sort of track changes. Right. So, so look for me personally, when COSA first came out, I I thought like, Hey, this is the right direction. Um, I had many of the same concerns that the LGBTQ organizations were stating. And as a member, you know, as someone who's LGBTQ plus myself, um, there were a lot of gray areas that, in my opinion, got tightened up in mid 2023. And so I'm going to use that as the sort of baseline, which is you have in COSA, the definitions of this is what constitutes a platform. Importantly, and I raise definitions because it also excludes nonprofits, right? So libraries, um, schools, nonprofits, those are not covered by COSA, mm-hmm. which is a key point. Mm-hmm. It is looking at these for-profit companies that are targeting our kids and, and it is trying to regulate that. Mm-hmm. Then you had in the original COSA, it was section three. They've changed that now. It's like section 102. So they've changed the numbering system. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a duty of care. And I'm going to look at the, the new COSA for this. They have made some changes, but not, at least in my opinion, not material. If anything, they're changes they made to tighten that up mm-hmm. because I think there was a lot of concern of, hey, is this, are these duty of care provisions going to be abused by attorney generals, for example? So the duty of care, which is now section 102, it requires a covered platform shall exercise reasonable care in the creation and implementation of any design feature to prevent and mitigate the following harms to minors. And then you get these very specific categories 
of harms. And it also includes a limitation that is, in, in my mind, really important. Okay. Um, and this was one of the changes they made in mid-2023. And one of the reasons why, when I read that, the new changes, I was like, hey, I can stand behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that limitation says that nothing in this subsection shall be construed to require a covered platform to prevent or preclude any minor from deliberately and independently searching for or requesting content. Okay. Right. So um, somebody that I work with says, you know, you search it, you see it. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand as a parent why there is a reaction to say, well, hey, I don't want my kid being able to find suicide content or yeah. any number of really bad things out there. Yeah. And what I tell people is, look, fortunately or unfortunately, we live in the United States. Mm-hmm. We have the First Amendment. Yeah. We have Section 230, right? I mean, 230 aside, we have the First Amendment. I have seen other countries who are passing legislation that say you can't send harmful content to kids, um, but they don't have the same system and laws we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it is very important if we're going to pass any kind of federal legislation that we make very clear this is not about content. We do not live in a, a legal system in a country where we can say, hey, basically, it's it, it, if our kids search for it, mm-hmm. we cannot create laws that say you can't see it. But in most of the cases that you've seen, when a kid is harmed, they didn't search for it. It was served to them in the algorithm. None of them. And, and let me give you, I mean, I, I say none, and that's a really strong word. But but look, the general, and I've met with hundreds of parents and children, and it's the same story over and over. It's the same facts. It's the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are a 12-year-old child and you see this app, let's say Snapchat, right? Hey, goofy filters. I can chat with my friends. I can make funny faces. This is great. Yep. I don't think there are many of any 12-year-old children who are then approaching that of getting on Snapchat and being like, hey, let me look for drugs, mm-hmm. right? In fact, all of the children I've spoken to have said, hey, when I was 12, I didn't know what drugs were. Mm-hmm. And then I got on Snapchat. And then I got on Snapchat. Yeah. I, same with young women I speak to who are like, look, when I was 8 or 12 or 14, I was not looking for random strangers to send me explicit photos of their private parts, mm-hmm. right? That's what the apps brought to me. And so, look, that's not to say, I mean, some children may go on and search for these things. And under COSA, the platform has a defense, which is, hey, you can't hold me responsible for the fact that this child got suicide and self-harm content because, look, they searched for it. Yeah. What it's going to do for millions of children and, frankly, I would say most of these kids, Mm -hmm. it means that they get to control their experience. They get to go onto these platforms and if they search for it, they'll find it, right? It's, this is not about what third parties are posting, right? What it's going to do hopefully is to dissuade, to discourage, to incentivize these companies to stop targeting them. Yeah. Will they still see ads? There will still be ads on platforms, but throughout COSA, there are a number of provisions that talk about the targeting, which is, you know, what information can these companies use when it comes to children, Mm -hmm. uh, minors. And it limits that, right? It limits the information they can use. It talks about if you're going to send advertisements based on their age, um, they have to be, they're somewhere in there, you know, age appropriate. It talks about um, if you're going to use content recommendation algorithms, if they're only based on, I believe it's like city and state age and language spoken, like these three sort of criteria, then you're not going to be liable or you're not going to be um, uh, have that high risk under COSA, right? So this yeah. is about fully sort of revamping their systems, not targeting children, not making, I mean, frankly, not making the poor choices for our kids, right? Leaving that to the kids. And we will have more transparency into the real numbers instead of what they're just reporting to us, right? Right. 
Right. Well, so you have like when it talks about the the definition of nose in Tosa, um, and and still in the you know in in the most recent version, mm-hmm. um, nose talks about. I'm looking for that here. Is that K N O W S? Yeah, the term okay. know or knows, right, means to have actual knowledge or knowledge fairly implied on the basis of objective circumstances. So these platforms, many of them, um, for their own advertising purposes, have developed technologies, have developed algorithms, have developed systems mm-hmm. that collect thousands of data points. And from those data points, they know how old you are. Um, there's actually a study that just got submitted for peer review out of UC Davis in which a group opened some accounts and found that if they said they were older, but then acted like an eight-year-old, right, or a young child, they started getting advertisements for toys. Because they'd been re-aged by the company. Within like two 15-minute sessions. Um, and we see this routinely with with young people who are like, man, I mean, they know exactly how old I am, right? I'm, I'm getting targeted with these things. In fact, there's, I mean, there's articles out there about it in 2018, uh, Captain Morgan Rum pulled its advertising from Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And what Snapchat did in 2018 is went back and said, oh, we've got the best of technology now. Mm-hmm. We can use signaling. We can use other factors to determine how old someone is. And so they get all the advertising business back, right? So what these companies are doing mm-hmm. is they are they know self-reported age is unreliable and they want to maximize revenue. And so they have developed systems to use our data to ascertain more reliably how old we are. And they will use that information when it comes to advertising. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to safety, they pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and we also know that younger kids on those platforms are served more harmful content. So I was on a call today with a 16-year-old and a parent. Um, and we had talked the other day and she saw her mom's like Facebook account. I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, where are the sex ads? <laughs> Oh my god. Where, literally, where are the sex ads? Like there's no sex on here. Shut like up. and I and that is not a one-time conversation. I've had that with multiple situations where kids are like, "Man, I look at my parents' mm-hmm. social media and it's like a different world." Yeah. So one of the examples I use, I actually have it. I, I can send it to you after this call, but one of the examples is I have a, a Snapchat account that has been virtually not used. Mm-hmm. I could never quite figure it out. And if you look at just my Discover content. Now that's the stuff Snap claims to curate. Yeah. Um, or rather they say, hey, we have to review all this. Like nothing bad's getting through here, right? Mm-hmm. So my Discover, somebody who doesn't use Snap, I didn't run any searches. I just go to Discover and I've got like kitchen hacks, you know, cutest baby in the world. Yeah. Or somebody opened a test account and identified as a 14-year-old boy mm. and male and did not run any searches, did not use the account. I have got that Discover and and the two, I will send those to you after this because the two images will shock you and they should horrify you. And the fact that these are based solely on the fact that I identified as a 40-something-year-old woman and this other user identifies as a 14-year-old boy. And when you see what Snap curated, that is what our children are going through. It's broken. And most of us don't know. It's not broken. It's working exactly how they designed oh, it. God, It's just dangerous. It sickens me. Okay. So why is COSA not passed yet? It takes, it takes time. Um, I would say, look, it's everything takes time. You know, I said a little bit ago, like what we as a society need to accept, to understand, to act on is that our kids are more important than big tech dollars. I can't speak to the inner workings. I know that at at a recent hearing uh, with Arturo Behar, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Josh Hawley who said, Hey, you want to know why legislation hasn't passed yet? Um, It's because people on the Hill are taking big tech dollars. Right. Okay. And I mean, it was released that uh, big tech spent like $35 million last year lobbying against bills like COSA. So they're fighting against them because it's going to limit 
I mean, it's going to decrease their profit. Right. So potentially significantly, if you think about the mechanisms, right, which is um, children are their biggest audience, minors. Kids are the ones that are spending. I mean, I speak to kids who, when we go back and look at their data, it's like, man, I was spending 16 hours a day on social media, right? Like like eight hours is nothing for some of these kids. Mm -hmm. And these companies know it. You see that in the Facebook documents that, that Haugen came forward with too. You see talks about, you know, even if kids make up X percentage, the actual time they're spending on the app is exponentially higher than their adult mm, counterparts. Okay, good, yeah. Right? And then a, a study just came out of Harvard, I believe, um, that talks about how many billions they believe they've made on minors. Yeah, 11. So this is their- year. Yeah, this is their most valuable asset, right? Mm -hmm. So the moment we say, hey, guess what? you no longer get to design your algorithms in a way that targets children in a harmful manner, mm -hmm. minors in a harmful manner. Yeah. The other thing is, and actually, I, I don't think I ever fully answered this, which was how is COSA going to protect kids? Mm. Section 102 is this duty of care. Well, section 103 is safeguards for minors. Section 103 talks about um, requiring these platforms to set default safety settings to give kids the opportunity to either turn off their algorithm or to, to limit it, to have it in chronological order as opposed to, right? So section, um, what is now again, section 103 mm -hmm. has a number of things, clear disclosures, um, reporting mechanisms. That's a biggie. I can't tell you how many kids I've spoken to who said, look, I was being, I had random predatory, like random old men texting me, messaging me and, and I tried reporting. And then eventually I realized Instagram, Snapchat, name your platform, wasn't going to do a damn thing. So I gave up. Mm -hmm. This section 103 requires them to have like a working reporting mechanism and to respond in a certain amount of time. It prohibits dark patterns. Like this is crazy. Dark patterns are essentially these designs that they, they engineer and build into the systems to get users in particular kids to push buttons, to give access to data, to accept things they would not otherwise do. It's a, a form of manipulation. Like we need a law to actually say no more dark patterns. Oh my God. I don't understand how we got here. <laughs> it should not. That is so... Right? It should not. It should be, hey, you don't get to put dark patterns into your products. No. And who would do that? Who would sit in a room and be like, let's figure out how to get kids clicking and addicted to these platforms? Okay. So look, in, in 2014, that's funny you asked that. In 2014, there is um, a conference, an annual conference that happens in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. um, and it is called the Habit Summit. Look it up, the Habit Summit. Okay. The Habit Summit happens once a year. I think it stops in like 2018. The Habit Summit is all about how to make your products habit forming. And big tech is attending this thing every year. They're actually, I found some old photos where they're speaking, right? Like Meta, people at Meta are actually speaking to this. Mm -hmm. um, now, the argument would be, look, if you're talking about an exercise machine, maybe figuring out how to make it habit forming is not a bad thing, right? Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's still manipulation, in my opinion, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you're talking about a product that you are marketing to and targeting at children, and and a degree of of habit forming, you know, dependency, a degree of manipulation, a degree of mechanisms that you've engineered to literally release dopamine into children's brains to keep them hooked, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Because it's changing the way their brain's developing. It's so harmful to the kids. Well, good good thing they're not having that conference anymore, but that's surprising. <laughs> uh, it went on for years, though. And if, if you look it up, you'll see information about it, right? Which nobody realized this was happening. 
no one realized it was happening, right. but they're all sitting there like thinking this is a great idea. Except that yeah. in Silicon Valley. The parents in this country who were being told, hey, social media, this is this new thing. This is great. Your kids can connect. They can use it to talk about homework. They, you know, Snapchat's big thing is they can't meet strangers. This is for friends only. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing all these things. Yeah. And, and meantime, we have kids that are so hooked that when you take it away, they die by suicide. I know. Young, young kids, right? 11. Hmm. Okay, so what happens next? What are the next steps that we should expect for COSA? Um, goes through the Senate, okay. and with sixty-two with sixty-two co-sponsors, presumably it, it passes through the Senate, and then it goes to the House, and and then you know we hope that the House looks at these issues, really looks at the language of COSA, looks at the harms that are being caused, um, and makes that choice to to protect our children. To I mean, frankly, like we are. We are behind other countries at this point, right? This is where these companies are located. We have, if you look at their, um, even their public disclosures, like they are making the most money off Americans mm-hmm. as opposed to any other country in the world, in part because of our lack of any oversight and, and restrictions. Mm-hmm. And we are we are losing the sort of race to pass something that will help, that will protect people. Okay. And so if it passes in the house, how long will it take before parents start seeing the changes on their own children's devices? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the problem with any kind of sort of legislation like this. And when you're dealing with complicated products and no disclosure is there's going to have to be a ramp up period. Yeah. There's going to have to be investigations. I mean, one of the provisions in COSA is for research, right? And, and transparency. So there's going to be annual disclosures. There's going to be independent auditors. It will take time. I mean, I, I think I could say, though, like theoretically, the hope would be if you pass a law, well, now keep in mind it, the moment if and when COSA passes, they will put another 30 million into fighting and trying to get it stopped and claiming it's unconstitutional. So you have to do that fight. It's going to take time. And, yeah. you know, I think the hope would be, though, once you get something like this out, that is theoretically going to incentivize these companies to try to comply. Right. Theoretically, you should see changes pretty quickly. Because if they don't, they can get sued by anyone. Well, no. So if they, so it depends on what the issue is. So um, one, so the FTC has sort of primary enforcement powers under COSA. Okay. Um, there are components for the attorney generals. One of the recent changes they made to address certain concerns about attorney generals is that the attorney general enforcement has been taken out of the duty of care. It's still under the safeguards. It's still under other provisions. Mm-hmm. And then you have what's already happening, right? Which is litigation. Right. Um, it's, it's parents and, and what the, there is a, now a conflict preemption provision in COSA, which, um, sets COSA as a floor, not a ceiling. Um, so it, it, what you would theoretically have is, yeah, you would have states and parents still having the ability to seek answers. And, you know, again, we don't know how it's all going to play out or how it'll all be enforced, but, um, that's sort of the the basic framework. Okay. And so I've been encouraging parents to go to like passcosa.org, see if their state senators are co-sponsoring the bill and ask for their support. Should we, we should keep doing that, keep pushing on it? I think, you know, I actually think with 62 co-sponsors, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be, we're going to have a little bit of downtime and then I think we need to make the same efforts for the house. Okay. We need something. We need something for kids. We need something to rein in big tech. Um, it, it is, You know, it's the Wild West out there, and they're doing whatever they want. And we're done. Yeah, we're done. And I wish we'd been done two years ago. And so many parents wish they'd been done two years ago. But I I will tell you, I mean, we have parents who have not cried tears of joy in years that are hopeful. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, we don't know where, where COSA is going to go. We don't know what's going to happen. Essentially, we can't mm-hmm. 
guarantee the right outcome, um, no matter how much we want it. But I think there's a lot of hope and that's a win in itself. Yeah. Okay. Laura, thank you so much for that breakdown. We'll keep the chat going at this phase. Like parents just share this content, like push it out, make sure that other parents know that we're not okay with the status quo with the social media harms for our children. That's it. And we want to support change. That's it. Make noise, right? And it's not, and you don't have to file a lawsuit. You don't have to, you know, but, but make noise. Like these are your kids, like check their accounts, write to these companies, talk to people, tell other parents, this is about protecting kids. And and these companies control, I mean, I don't remember the stats, right? But they brag about having like 90% of folks under 25 locked into their platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you firsthand, like after big events happen in this space, you'll open your TikTok and TikTok has got a spin, right? You'll, you'll TikTok will start pushing their spin on things. Mm-hmm. And so you have got a big part of our society who gets their news from these platforms. And so it's important that everyone speak up and that everyone make clear to these companies that we're done. Like we are the consumers. Yeah. Um, we have a right to demand basic safety and, and care and they can't just ignore us. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for listening to Scrolling to Death and stay tuned for more updates on how we can make social media safer for our kids.